Welcome aboard the National Football Show with your boy Dan Cilio. It's football week. Can you feel it? I wake up this morning, my notifications are going off the charts. I'm just like, what the hell's going on here, man? Aaron Rodgers news. Deshaun Watson news. Team showing up to camp. I mean, college football with all this realignment now uh, with the SEC and the Big 12 and Oklahoma and Texas, A&M not being told that they were negotiating with their interstate rivals and all of this content. And I love it. And here we are. It is clearly football season. And by the way, the backdrop of it all is the fact that we got the Olympic Games going on too. I, I was I was just asked a question by my boy my boy Krausing. I was the weekend. It was awesome, man. Got a chance to watch the Olympics. I'm a big Olympic honk, and we started getting everything ready for the upcoming football week. Teams reporting Wednesday. Packers. We'll find out some more news. I've got news exclusively that we were told this morning from people that were at the board of directors meeting with the Green Bay Packers today. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were throwing that stuff out at the end of last week? We'll explain here in a minute. Pack show as usual, bottom of this hour. One of the legendary coaches in all of college football, and in my opinion, you go back and forth between Saban and this guy. And he is, this guy, Dabo Sweeney, the head football coach of the Clemson Tigers will join us. Can't wait to talk to him. Dabo is very outspoken when it comes to the expansion of the college playoff. He's outspoken when it comes to this nil rule. Can't wait to hear him. Can't wait to ask the coach some questions. Our resident NFL insider, we'll get his thoughts from fan-sided. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. When it comes to voting, that is our friend Jason Cole. He'll join us in our number two. All right, let's get right to it here. The story on Aaron Rodgers. You know, I got to tell you, too, it looks like this thing has stopped going, like, you know, choppy a little bit. You know how a boat goes over the water and it's a little choppy? I think this stuff is starting to settle down. Maybe both sides are now coming to an agreement that it's time to part ways. It's just not going to be this year. You know, I, I had tweeted out last week after everybody was saying, well, now Vegas odds are is that the NFL and the Packers are bracing for Aaron Rodgers to quit this week and retire. I tweeted it out. He's not at all in any way leaving this year, nor is he retiring. Aaron Rodgers wants a one-year deal where he can basically go and maybe do the same thing that Tom Brady did. Maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe he gets to a situation where you get everything that you want, like Tom Brady did in Tampa with Jason Light, the general manager, and Bruce Arians. Maybe there's going to be something out there. How about this, too? You know, I don't think people are looking at this maybe in more of a simpler view here or a simpler way here. Maybe Aaron Rodgers just wants peace of mind. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he just wants peace of mind. Maybe winning a championship is something that he's going to strive for, but peace of mind has got to be something also that plays into the equation. Look at J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt leaves the Houston Texans, albeit the Houston Texans are a train wreck. He signs with Arizona. You think Arizona really has a legitimate shot this year of playing for a Super Bowl? I don't. 
He could have went to Cleveland. He clearly was in the conversation up in Buffalo. He could have went to the Green Bay Packers. That would have given them an opportunity. But he didn't. He chose the Cardinals. Why? Arizona, you get to keep your money because it's a tax-free state, income tax state. I mean, he's not going to be taxed. Well, he was in one in Houston, but there's no coincidence that he went to another state like that. Doesn't want to go to California or New York where they take all your money. That's why most NFL players, they go to Texas. They go to Arizona. They go to Florida. You get to keep the majority of your money. Or you go to North Carolina. You play for the Panthers. You get to keep the majority of your money. No state income tax. So, I mean, sometimes it's just peace of mind. I think that's got a lot to do with this here. So at the board of directors meetings today, the Green Bay Packers hold their annual shareholders meetings, and people were inside the building, and Mark Murphy, the president, informed the uh, shareholders that they're working on an agreement that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are trying to come to some understanding of what the future is going to be for both the team and Rodgers. Here's what Rodgers' camp wants. You know, it's one thing to get a contract extension. It's another thing to guarantee it. Got to remember something here, friends. You know, just because a team goes, well, well, we'll extend you three years. That's not guaranteeing anything that he'll retire a Packer. That puts the power back into the team to control your contract. These NFL contracts are not fair unless you make it fair. You know how you make it fair? Guaranteed money. You guarantee all three years then you're assured of retiring a Green Bay Packer. Packers didn't want to go down that line. Why? Well, because, one, they have financial issues because of COVID-19 a year ago. That was publicly released last week, heading into the shareholders' meetings. Now, are they going to recoup that money? Absolutely. Absolutely. Next year, his contract kicks into a $37 million a year number, and the Packers, without that number there, and you've got a rookie quarterback, basically a rookie deal with Jordan Love. Not a rookie quarterback, but a rookie deal. He's on that rookie deal still. You're going to be able to save $30 million. That's on your operating budget. This is coming down more to a financial thing here for the Packers than anything else. This is coming down to that. It looks to me like it's even more of a situation where it's over money. And Roger's just not wanting to be there. Look, this has to get resolved prior to going into the season. I think this has been a major distraction all offseason. You know, you're a couple plays away from going to the Super Bowl. And what you've done is you've walked back your football team talking about like now, you know, I, I, I go back and do you guys remember how Favre exited Green Bay? I'm going to retire. I'm not going to retire. I'm going to retire. I'm not going to retire. Is it this kind of the same stuff? Remember how nauseated we were getting? Opening up every single sports talk radio show every day with Brett Favre on whether or not he's going to retire or not. This is kind of the same thing. This is the same stuff, but it's just Aaron Rodgers' drama. So, I mean, Green Bay, every single time one of their legendary quarterbacks has to make a decision on whether or not he's going to leave. Here we are again. We're sitting here again debating how the exit's going to be. Instead of just saying this, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. 
Let's forego the final couple years of my contract. Let's do a one-year last dance deal, and let's just bow out and go out, and you'll have all kinds of ratings. It'll be a massive story all year. Might motivate Aaron Rodgers even more. Might motivate the Packers even more. This could be a good thing in a way on the way out the door here. You know, I mean, it, it was never going to end well. But I guess this is as well as it could possibly end. So, I mean, eventually this stuff has got to come to a head here and be resolved. Wednesday is report date for the Packers and for Aaron. I never thought he was calling it a career in retiring. Not at any time. I never thought he was doing that. So, Aaron Rodgers um, and the Packers, looks like they're going to try to come to an agreement on a one-year situation that will let the player play out this year and then at the end of the season, they'll do what's in their best interest to try to find a place for him so that the Packers can get commodities. Remember, they still... They're just not going to let Aaron Rodgers walk out the door like that without some type of compensation for the quarterback. You're just not going to do this. Hey, man, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Hey, you know what? You're on your own. You get to do and call your own putt. That's not going to work like that. There's got to be some type of agreement. That's going to be very interesting to see. What type of compensation is going to be given to a 38-year-old, 39-year-old guy? He's still got years left. I mean, 48 and five a year ago. Come on, folks. That's touchdowns and interceptions. He's been 26 and six over the last two years. I get it's not resulted in championships. That's the one check on the whole resume. Two straight AFC or two straight NFC championship games. But again, getting to a third one and losing it again, I don't know. I mean, we get eventually we got to start not sounding like Donovan McNabb here. You know, Donovan McNabb, you know why he's not going to Canton? This guy got to NFC title games but lost them, except one. So, I mean, got to win those games. Separates Brady. Separates him. By the way, did you see that video of Brady throwing that thing into that gun, into that, like, football gun that fires the balls out to receivers and also to punters, and he's hitting it right in between the tires? I think got, like, 10 million views on it. I watched it at like about 500,000. I kept clicking over. It'd be up like a million views every, like every hour. Wow. And then he, you know what he's doing? Then he goes, let's go. And Aaron Rodgers is talking about trying to get out of his contract. Talk about two polar opposite guys. One's working on trying to get out of a deal. And the other guy's trying to go back to back. Isn't that the story of Aaron Rodgers? All Aaron Rodgers, nothing about the team here. Brady's all about getting ready, keeping distracted. And if there's anybody that could have distractions, tell me that's not the guy. What does Brady do? He's like uh, getting ready for the upcoming year. I mean, it's such, a, it's such an eye-opener to see the contrasting differences between certain guys. Guys have priorities here. And then this guy over here, right, has a completely different priority. Really weird. It's unfortunate, too, because I think this is stuff that holds Aaron Rodgers back. All right. Deshaun Watson is finally in the news. And as we have been saying, by the way, his agent, I posted this about four months ago. And if you Google it, 
you'll see that the agent disputed every single thing I said, called me out on social media, said basically that I was a liar. I said this, Deshaun Watson is being reported that he's not going to attend or participate in any off-season activities whatsoever. The agent said this, and I'm paraphrasing. He went like this. That's news to me, and I'm the guy that would know. Well, turned out he wasn't involved in anything team activity-wise the entire offseason. He basically called me a liar, and I fired back at him these last couple days calling him a liar. Now he's reporting to training camp. And here's why he's reporting to training camp. There's a $36,000 a year fine if you don't report to training camp. The Houston Texans, as of this morning, have informed teams, probably even maybe so much so that they have been in contact with teams probably this off this past uh, weekend, that they are now open to taking phone calls on uh, trading Deshaun Watson. Three teams I heard as of 9 o'clock this morning, Eastern time, were the Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers, and the Denver Broncos. Now, does that mean that the Washington team would not throw themselves into the conversation? You know the Philadelphia Eagle general manager. Howie Roseman is also going to be into the conversation because Howie talks to everybody. Howie looks to try to make a deal for everything and especially with a gifted, talented player like this. There's a lot of money and a lot of baggage that would come with this deal. I think you've got to look at the particular markets here and the story that's surrounding Deshaun. How would you feel about this? Say you're a fan. Let's do this. Let's start in Philly. If you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I'll get to the organization side of it, are you okay with accusations of a quarterback being involved with 22 sexual cases that could result in sexual assault cases? Are you okay with that? If the answer is yes, then he's your guy. That's, that's collateral damage. How are you going to get around that? I say you get around it by saying they're not criminal cases. They are civil cases. These are with the masseuses, allegedly, that he acted inappropriate. Are you okay with that in that community? After what we've just seen, and you know where we are now in the Me Too and the cancel culture, are you okay in Philadelphia with that guy wearing your gear? Me? I'm okay with it. Unless you show me that this guy is a complete credit. And here, here's your selling point. How come the NFL hasn't done anything here? The NFL is notorious for jumping out in front of something like this. And whether they get run over like they did with the, the, the whole Ray Rice case or with the Adrian Peterson result, then guess what? If you're not in front of this thing right now and the NFL is just watching how this whole thing is playing out and they don't have this guy on the commissioner's exempt list, I don't know, man. I mean. Really, to me, it would be just media people talking trash on the guy. You have no facts on anything right now. And once again, there is no criminal case. But boy, I'll tell you what. What you have here, though, 
is a lot of public relations work that you're going to have to do. If you're Bob Lang and them dudes, are you going to put him in front of a microphone to answer questions? In Philly, first question out of the gate. It's not going to be congratulations, welcome to Philadelphia. It's going to be, are you surprised you're here in Philly um, knowing that you have all these sexual assault cases out there? You're not going to be asked those snowflake questions like you would if you were in Texas with the Texans because they just love football so much they're going to scoot right by that. In Philadelphia, it's going to be, are you shocked here that you're here and you've got all these sexual assault cases? And you're going to have to answer that. First one, I mean, are you ready for that? That'd be a tough putt. And on top of that, organizationally, you really don't have a lot of assets until next year. And you're, you would be praying that the Carson, and I know a lot of people in Philly would be going like this, I hate Carson Wentz. He's a scumbag. He's this. Yeah, you better hope that guy takes that team to the AFC championship. You get that team to the AFC championship, that pick all of a sudden becomes a first rounder. You better hope that guy does well. You better hope he does well. So, I mean, if you want to make a deal for someone like that, I don't know you have the assets right now. Let's go down to South Florida. Miami Dolphins have a lot of assets. And they got Tua. So what I would do is I package up some draft choices, right? And look, look what the draft choices they got from San Francisco. Remember what San Francisco, San Francisco had to give them a king's ransom so that they could go up to three to get Trey Lance. The team that's got the assets is the Miami Dolphins. And you got a player that you could send over in exchange, too. You got Tua and picks. Now, because of the damage that's done to his reputation, is it going to be three ones? That's a good question. What's the market value for him with all that, you know, innuendo out there on his character? Prior to all that, I would have went like this. It's got to be three ones. I asked Jimmy Johnson, would you ask for three ones for, would you take three ones for Deshaun Watson? Jimmy goes, no, I'm not trading that kid. That was before all the stuff came out. Now, three ones for a guy that's reputation has been damaged? I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, can you, can, can you live with that? And it's Miami. Look at the community down there. You know, I, I, I lived a long time in Miami. Would they be okay with that? That kind of reputation going into that place. Got to know the ownership of the team too. Stephen Ross. I mean, that'd be a tough one, especially in a community like that. Bringing a guy like that in there with that kind of reputation. Even if, hey, even if it's not true. You know how people got that stigma on them? Man, it could be true or not true. I've said this to you before. People got this crazy notion about who I am, what I am, and they don't know me from a can of paint. You don't know Deshaun Watson from a can of paint. By the way, I will talk to Dabo Sweeney about Deshaun Watson. Where did he play college football? You bet. He played at Clemson. I'll get his thoughts on him. Um, yeah, so there's another place, the Denver Broncos. The Broncos is interesting because then you, you have John Elway. And would you do this? Well, 
I'm not maybe going to have to give up three ones for, and a lot of my future for the guy. And you have John Elway to talk to the community. Now, would Dan Marino take the baton and put his reputation on the line in Miami to throw his arms publicly around him? You might have to. You just might have to do that. I mean, make no mistake about it. It, it, You may have to. You've got issues. But I can promise you this. Behind the scenes, with all the stuff that's out there, know this. There's not a football team in the NFL that would not want that guy. If you have people like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, you're not looking at this guy. But I'm telling you, every other team – even if you drafted a guy, you're going like this, man. I'd love to have this court. Watch this. You think you'd rather have Deshaun Watson or any of the quarterbacks you have in San Francisco. That includes the guy you just drafted number three. Of course you would. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford? Come on, man. Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Matthew Sta- or, um, or Deshaun Watson? These are no-brainers. How about in New Orleans? Hey, you know, that could be a team that could eventually be a player in this. They, I know Michael Thomas is injured. It looks like he's not going to start the first half of the season for them. But if they don't believe that Jameis Winston's the dude, I do not believe that Tyson Hill's the dude. Why wouldn't you pick up the phone and call tex- call the Texans? You know, you're in different conferences. You're not going to really see them. And you're going to be able to go like this. What do you need? I'll send you Alvin Kamara. What? Right? So keep an eye on this here. The only reason he reported was because of the fine cases, because of the new collective bargaining agreement. If you don't show up and report, you get fined $36,000 a day. That's why he showed up. All right. College football. Also, hot and heavy news over the weekend. Realignment. OU Texas. Talking joining the SEC. They didn't redo their media rights for the Big 12. Where does that leave Clemson and Notre Dame? We'll talk to the head football coach of the Clemson Tigers, Dabble Sweeney. We'll do that next right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, 
go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio, we're going to talk to... Dabo Sweeney, the head football coach of Clemson here in a minute. You know, this news with realignment coming up here with the SEC and taking in Texas and Oklahoma, I, I found it really interesting that, you know, they, they, they didn't even contact Texas A&M, did the SEC, that they were, you know, having six-month negotiations with their Texas in-state rival. And, I mean – you would think that you'd want to be able to maybe Texas A&M be able to kind of like smooth the waters. I mean, no conversation whatsoever. A&M has done a great job in their transition. When they went from big 12 to where they are now in the Southeastern conference. I mean, I think Jimbo Fisher's done a really nice job. I think that program with the resources that they have, are eventually going to be a player. But now that you add Texas into this, boy, I'll tell you something. That rivalry is one of the top rivalries in all of college football. And they ended that rivalry once again because of the cash register. The cash register is now running college football. And it's a shame. Because when you take rivals like Oklahoma, OU, and you're not playing those games any longer, or you're not playing Nebraska, and Oklahoma any longer. You're taking something away from communities. And as I've told you before, college football is different compared to the National Football League. These are civic pride teams. This is why I love college football more than I do the NFL. Look, I love football in general, but there's something about these college football programs that are just community-driven. 
when you go into any of these communities, whether it's going into Gainesville or you're going into Lincoln, Nebraska, or you're going into Norman, Oklahoma, Austin, Texas, these programs are communities that just absolutely embrace these programs. Marshall Thundering Herd, another one of those kind of uh, programs where it's community-driven. That's so what makes college football great. You know, last year, one of the things that was maybe one of the most disappointing things because of the pandemic was not seeing all the great fans in the stands and, and not really getting an opportunity, you know, to see the true pageantry of what college football is all about. There's no doubt that the networks and money has kind of skewed that in a way, but it's almost impossible when you see some of these programs on how, like I just got through saying, that these programs are really, they're community driven. And these communities embrace these teams. These teams are so important. You know, look, the NFL, you can get away with not having fans in the stands. We saw that last year. We, okay. you, you, you can get away with that. But when it comes to the colleges, there was something missing last year. I was really glad to see the ACC and the Southeastern Conference, and for that matter, the Big 12, trying to tee it up and play as many college football games as they could last year. You know, I was speaking to Manny Diaz, you know, the head coach of the University of Miami, and all the phone calls that he got last year when it came to dealing with parents. That had to have been one of the most challenging times a year ago was having to deal with the parents because remember something, nobody really knew you know, how to get through the pandemic. And I got to hand it to the majority of those coaches. They really did a spectacular job at keeping it calm, being honest. Remember what I told you what really makes a great coach? You know, I, I, I tell this to, to people all the time. One of the reasons that my coach, Jimmy Johnson, was such a great coach, Jimmy was genuine. And he was honest, and he told you who you were, what you were. He told you where you were on the totem pole when it came to your program, where you were on the depth chart, what you needed to do to get better. He was constantly telling you that. And when you add the pandemic in then, then you're dealing with, again, another entity there. And remember something. Coaches don't like to get out of routine. And a lot of these programs were completely out of their routine. When you add the other dynamic of the, of the pandemic. So make no mistake about it. That was one of the issues, man. And I just can't wait for college football. And I can't wait to see it. And we're really proud to be able to bring this guy on. I got to tell you something. He has taken that football program. And he has just taken it to another level. I got to tell you guys first this. And coach, welcome aboard with us. I played my college football at Maryland my first my freshman year before we went to the University of Miami. And we had to go down to Clemson. And so we're on the bus and we're driving to Death Valley. I see these little tiny paws on the street. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cute. And then by the time you get to the parking lot, there's this giant paw. And you're going in there. I was a freshman and I did this. Oh, my. You know what? Holy cow, look at this place. And they let loose of like about 100,000 balloons. They just wax us. Coach Ford was coaching the team. We still won the ACC because they were on probation, I believe, at the time. But 
It's one of the greatest environments of all time. And here he is, the head coach, Dabble Sweeney. Coach, how are you? I'm good. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. You bet. That was one of the greatest environments. And coach, last year, I was just talking about not having the fans in the stands. That's got to be something that you're looking forward to, especially that fan base. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. You know, just just being able to hear the roar of the crowd and, and to have the pageantry of college football, you know, back in, in uh, you know, just – just full force, especially here at Clemson. You know, we were fortunate last year. We were still able to have about 19,000 fans at each game. But, you know, uh, this is a really unique place, and it's special. And you get 80-something thousand people in Death Valley. Uh, it's, it is a, it is a, a amazing thing to be a part of. Absolutely. Coach, every coach says it's a new year. It's a new journey. We had Bruce Arians on, you know, and I asked him about, how are you going to put some of the noise away? He goes, that was last year's team. This is this year's team, and it's a new journey. For you, is that one of the things that you always look forward to? It's a new chapter in the Clemson book here that every team and every year, it's just a new, it's just a new journey that you guys go on. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I, I, people sometimes will say, is it, easier to, is it easier to build it or sustain it? And, and I always say, I don't know, you know, because we're always building. You know, I mean, we, you know, we, we start over every year. And uh, I really think that's the mentality that you have to have. And I look at every team like, you know, if you've had children, like, like one of your children, you know, they all have the same DNA, but they're all different. And, and you know, that's the cool thing about it. They all have their own personality. Uh, but at the end of the day, it takes the same things to win year in and year out. And you've got you've to pay the price, you know, uh, greatness doesn't go on sale. You know, you, you, you got to pay full price every single year. You got to have commitment and leadership and discipline and accountability. You know, you got to have a great culture uh, that nurtures all those things. And and uh, and you got to have you got to have the right people. And so, you know, you just you can't when college football, you have constant change and turnover. And so I, I really believe in starting over every year. And that's really what we do. You don't get to turn. You don't get to carry anything over. You know, all those freshman All-Americans last year, guess what? They don't give sophomore All-American, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, so so it's, uh, you know, Tom Brady knows that. That's what I love about Tom Brady is, is you know, man, he's – I guarantee you he was miserable having to go to the White House and have to celebrate something that happened a long time ago. He's already he's already on to the next one, and, and that's what it takes. It takes that mentality, you know, and, uh, you know, you can't have a – mindset of we're the defending uh, champions or whatever, man, you ain't defending nothing because this team hasn't done anything. You know, this is a different team uh, for us. We have a lot of different pieces, a lot of different, you know, we have guys that have moved on. And so it's a, it is a new journey and it's a new challenge. And as a coach, you have to accept that every single year and not grow weary from, from starting over. Uh, you don't get to carry anything over. And it's the same thing with the Bucks. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl last year, but, and guess what? I don't know who they open up with, but when they do, nobody's going to care. Uh, and, and you go lose that game, guess what? They're going to forget quick about that that parade that they had because uh, it's, it's all about this year now. And that's you, what it takes. You know, Coach, you, you, you mentioned to me, Coach Jimmy Johnson, my coach, used to call it blind faith. We, 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 go, from, we go from Vinny Testaverde one year, and we got beat in a champ, national championship game against Penn State. 
And I'll never forget, we're going into the next year. I'm like, man, we don't have the same team. We got Steve Walsh here. I don't know. Coach Johnson looked at me and goes, I hope that lights a fire in your ass. Because let me tell you something. This is a new journey we're going to go on here. And it's a new identity. We had to find our identity, Coach, in the spring. And we came out of that. We went undefeated. and We won the national championship that year after having a miserable loss in that Fiesta Bowl. And I'm just curious, you lose a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Did you find out who you guys were in the spring? Because if you don't know who you are going into the fall, you're not going to find it out in the fall. You had to find it out in the spring, I always think. Maybe I'm wrong and you look at it differently, but uh, it, it, the identity of the team, do you know who you guys are going into this season? Oh, yeah. I mean, I always tell these guys championships are won when nobody's watching. You know, championships are won when the stands are empty over there. You know, those 5.30 a.m. workouts, you know, who are we going to be? I mean – you, you, you can't wait. You wait till September. It's too late, buddy. I mean, you know, this is this is, you know, we, we have we break the year into four phases. You know, we're going to get ready. We're going to transform. And then it's prime time and then it's championship phase. But you don't get to just skip to the championship phase. You know, it's it's a building process. And so you start over in January and we had we had 12 mid years here. So the majority of our team was here. Mm. And so, you know, that's what that's what the off season, that's what spring's about. That's what the summer training's about. It is about uh, developing that chemistry, that leadership. You know, to, that's two of the most underrated things on any team. You know, you see a lot of talented teams that maybe they don't have quite the leadership or quite the chemistry, you know, that it takes to win at the highest level. And, and so, I mean, you got to nurture that. And, and it's a it's a process that you have to go through. But yeah, I mean, these guys, I mean, we, we know who we are. We, we, we feel great about uh, the guys on this roster. We're, we're a, it's a, we had a bunch of guys come back, you know, for their COVID year. So we got a combination of some, some really, really old, experienced dudes and some really dynamic, young, hungry, talented guys uh, that are just kind of getting going and they're really eager to go prove that they can play at this level, just like DJ Uyunglele, our quarterback. And, uh you know, he's got some experience, but he's, man, he's excited to, to go be the guy. And so I, I like the, I like the combination. We're built in the trenches. We've got a lot of experience uh, back, especially on the defensive side. i got seven defensive starters in the D-line back. we got about 21 guys that have started for the Tigers on defense alone. Uh, and that was a silver lining of COVID, you know. A lot of guys got a lot of experience and, so we got a veteran group, especially defensively, that that I think uh, you know will give us a chance every time the scoreboard lights up. Coach, a couple college questions before I let you go here. Um, do you like the future of where college football is heading? These last seventy-two hours has really changed the landscape of really the conferences, power conferences, uh, television money. I think television has destroyed college football. You're taking rivalries away like Oklahoma, Nebraska, and all this, and I, I, I met me. I, I just don't know. I mean, I think the pageantry is being affected by some of this stuff. How do you see it? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm on record. I'm not a fan for, you know, kind of, uh, I wasn't a fan to go into four playoff teams and now we want to go to 12 and all this and that. And, and I think there's been some, you know, unintended consequences that have come from it uh, in the game. And, you know, I'm more of a, traditional guy when it comes to college football and, and all those things that you talked about from the pageantry and, and man, just man, focusing on your season and, and your journey and having a great team and, and uh, man, getting a great bowl game and competing and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and now it's all about the playoff, 
and I get it. You know, it, it, apparently that's what the fans want, and it's being driven by money, et cetera. So you know, it is what it is. I mean, you just you just embrace it and you keep moving. I mean, I, I it's hard for me to be excited about the future because I don't know what the future is. <laughs> so uh, I, it, next week it might change. Uh, so I don't really know. All I know is our future at Clemson is bright. And I'm excited about that because uh, we got a bunch of great, committed young people. We got a great staff, uh, got unbelievable administration, and and uh, just a great alignment here. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's just such a great university. So our future is bright here, and we just whatever the rules are, whatever you know, we you know, I think ultimately, long term, it's probably there'll probably be a break, and there'll probably be 50, 60 teams, 65 maybe, that that can go compete for a you know, 12 or 16 team type playoff setting. Um, and, uh, and then they'll have the other 65, 70 division one teams. that will probably have their kind of their own thing. That's probably where it's going somewhere. I don't know when, when that's going to happen. You've got, you're entering into the super conference uh, era. And again, it's all being driven by, you know, money and et cetera, but just tell us the rules and, and uh, you know, we're going, we're going to line up and, and be ready to go compete. Coach, two last questions for you. One of them is this new uh, nil rule. Um, I talked to Coach Saban the other day, and he's saying, geez, we got guys now that are cutting deals. There's agents now. I mean, I, I you know, when, when you know, because I was talking to him because Alabama's playing Miami the opening Labor Day week, and I'm like, so you guys are worried about agents and appearances and paid appearances now. And, look, I'm for the players making money. I, I really am, but – Boy, there just doesn't seem to be any like, you know, uh, rails here or any guardrails here for these things here. And I'm just wondering how you're seeing this and how Clemson is dealing with it. Because as you mentioned, you got all these players coming back, coach, but there's now there's these guardrails that you have to put up. I'm not saying stop the kids from making money, but how are you guys handling it? Yeah, kind of what you said. I mean, I think, first of all, it goes back to, you know, uh, who you're dealing with and what's their long term focus. And there are some certainly some some pitfalls that that a lot of these young kids could get get caught up in. I mean, uh, you're talking about real money. You know, I mean, it's great that the players have an opportunity. to. I, I love the fact that, you know, they want to go do an autograph session or they want to go do a camp at home. I mean, there, there's going to be some silliness. There's going to be some shadiness uh, that's going to come with it. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, eventually it'll all settle out and, and, and you know, there'll be some type of uniformity because right now there is no uniformity uh, to it. So it's, it's kind of state, state, school, school. It's kind of, you know, uh, crazy in that regard. But I think our responsibility and, and I, our responsibility as, as educators is to, you know, help them to educate them, to equip them and to help them navigate and make sure that we have all the resources available to them to do that. Cause we can't facilitate or coordinate or whatever. Um, uh, at least you're not supposed to. So uh, I think the biggest thing for us is making sure that we have, and we do, we're so well equipped. I mean, we've been doing, our program has been set up for 12 years. Uh, a lot of these things that schools are coming out with, we've been doing for 12 years. So uh, this is just a, uh, another tool for us, but, but there's the same thing. There's some unintended consequences. I mean, you, you just look at, you know, uh, number one, not everybody's going to make money. I mean, you're just, you're, you're, you're going to have a few guys make some money. And, and that's great. I personally would have liked to have seen them tie it to the scholarship and where there's no taxes, but tie it to the scholarship and, and then everybody could get it. The left guard, 
you know, uh, that's keeping that quarterback's jersey clean, uh, the backup wide out that, you know, is a really good player, you know, whatever. Uh, but everybody would be able to have the opportunity. And I would have liked to have seen them keep it tied to education and graduation as a part of the scholarship. But that's not what they chose to do, and that's, it is what it is. So, again, some guys are going to have the opportunity to make some money, not all. And so we've got to we've got to put it's almost like like the purpose of our program hasn't changed. You know, like if you're going bowling, we know we want to knock them pins down. And, and so we know what the purpose is. We know what our goal is. Not one thing has changed. Uh, but 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 what's very, very real are them gutters, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of kids that are going to get distracted by, for what they want most, for what they want at the moment. And they're going to end up in the gutter. And what we got to do is we got to put those bumpers up so when they kind of get off track, we can keep them on track to achieve the goal of hitting the target. I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, l- listen, you can look at the NFL and uh, first of all, only 1.7% of college football players, over 80,000 college football players, only 1.7% are going to play in the NFL. And, and so – you know, to me, if we know that only 1.7% of these college players are going to be in the NFL, why would we not do everything we can to incentivize education and graduation for those 98% who aren't going to play in the NFL, you know, and, and, and keep the main thing the main thing? That's just my what I believe. And if you and if you look at it, you know, you look at the NFL, for example, you know, this this is a different sport. This isn't basketball. This isn't baseball this is a very short shelf life and and let's say you are fortunate to go to the nfl all right well almost 80 percent of nfl players within two years of being done are bankrupt and divorced okay that's that's real that's not a make-believe that's a real stat and you're talking about kids in their or men in their mid-20s to 30 all right and so now we're bringing all of that to these 17 18 19 20 year olds and and we think that we're going to get a better result uh, than what these what these professionals are getting, you know. So uh, that's why it's so important that that we we have to be really really good at having the type of resources and really helping equip them uh, and keep them focused. Yeah, hey, let's maximize that. That's great, but let's don't let's don't. Let's don't give up what we want most for what we want at a moment and let our focus become short-term money instead of the long-term value of an education, career development, networking, relationships, development as a player, you know, because you take yourself back to 18. Also, let's just say you got a hundred grand. I mean, at 18, I thought I was a millionaire, you know, <laughs> and, and we all know that ain't, that ain't much money. That's gone in like, that's like, boom, gone. Hey coach, I got my signing bonus. And before you know it, I looked over at my signing bonus. I got 200 grand and I went like this. Oh, there's taxes on yeah. this. What's that? <laughs> Man, let me introduce you to uncle FICA or whatever. Uh, you know, let me, let me let you meet him. And it's a real deal. And so, so, but, but an 18 year old, you know, who's not fully equipped to really think like a 30 year old or a 25 year old, uh, you know, they're more in the moment and young people, young people are emotional. Young people are irrational. Uh, there's a reason why insurance for 24 year olds is cheaper than 17, 18 year olds. It's called judgment. And so that's why we have to come alongside them and and we have to really help them. And so for us, we're still going to get the same kids we've always gotten because the kids that come here, they really value what we offer and that structure and that's accountability and that's discipline. 
it's family, uh, it's education. And, you know, this is just another piece of the puzzle that we've got to help them with so that they can maximize that. And that's great, but not lose focus on what we what we trying to do long term. Let's don't be a guy that could be a first round pick that becomes a seventh round pick because you didn't develop like you needed to. You know, uh, so so there's there's a, a lot of things that I think we've got to, as coaches, as educators, we have to do a great job from program to program in helping these kids. Uh, because, again, it, you know, I, if, if you think kids aren't going to get distracted, you're crazy. Uh, this, and so we have to really help them navigate, um, you know, what's coming down the pipe. Finally, coach, for you, I called you the greatest interim uh, substitute teacher coach of all time. You were interim, and now you are one of the top coaches, and you'll go down in history as one of the greatest college football coaches. And it just seems that you're a staple. I know that you've had other offers to leave Clemson. You just look like a Clemson guy that this is your place. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you've got Bama ties to all of that. I mean, but is, is this for you, college football? No opportunity down the line because most coaches and I, you know what, coach, I know the answer, I think, because you're not like down the line or you're behind in the rear view mirror. You're a today guy and you look at what's going on today. So that's kind of like, you know, maybe a bad question because, you know, most coaches look at, OK, what's on today at three o'clock, four thirty? What's tomorrow? I don't know. I forgot what I did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I just it's it's really um uh, I've just always tried to bloom where I'm planted. That's just kind of been my mindset forever. You know, I was a walk-on player at Alabama who earned a scholarship. And, you know, then I come to work one day at Clemson and they say, hey, you're now the head coach. So I was kind of a walk-on head coach who earned the job. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of my mentality. It's always been my mentality. And, and again, I've never been a, a grass is greener type of guy. I think the grass is green where you water it. And, and you just bloom where you're planted, man. Whatever it is you're doing, just be great at it. Do the best you can. And as you said, man, it's, it's all about today. You know, I mean, that ha that's a mindset that you have to have. I mean, I tell our players that, hey, someday you're going to be 30. Someday you're going to graduate. Someday you're going to be the starter. Someday you're going to be in the NFL. Someday. Great. But in order for someday to, to be a reality, you just got to learn to be great today. And, and, and that has to be a mindset. And because, man, that's all we got. And if there's one thing we learn in 2020 is, man, we just better, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. Right. And, and that's, that's why, that's why, you know, yesterday's gone and, you know, uh, uh, it is history and tomorrow's a mystery and today's the present. That's, that's why they call it right. The present, that's our, our gift is what we have today. And just, I've just tried to just, you know, not get so overwhelmed about things that are way down the road and, you know, how you climb a mountain one step at a time. You know, uh, how you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know, just, so I don't know. I mean, I've, I've been here to be my 19th season. It's my 13th wow. as the head coach. I've, I've raised my family here. It's been a, it's just been a blessing. It's been an unbelievable journey that, that I, I, it's just, I can't even put it into words what it's meant to be and how, how much fun it's been to build something special with so many people and have such connectivity. I've got 22 former players on my staff that are, are part of the bricks and mortar and and it's and it's really special to come to work you know at a place where there's great alignment it's an unbelievable place to live uh and that's what's kept me here and 
I always tell people never say never. I have no idea what's coming down the line. I may get a crappy president or a jerk AD or, <laughs> or, or they may just say, Hey, we don't like you no more. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, so I always say never say never. And, and I just try to just be great right where my feet are. And, and that's, that's how I go about it day in and day out. Did you play for Ray Perkins? No, I played for one year for Bill Curry. Okay. I played uh, the rest of my career for Gene Stallings. Uh, and then uh, and then Gene Stallings hired me as a grad assistant, and then he hired me full-time. And so I spent 13 years at Alabama, and now I'm starting my 19th year at Clemson. So so I've just been at two places. I'm really, really fortunate, really lucky, and been able to raise my kids at one place. My oldest two were born in Tuscaloosa but have grown up in Clemson. And uh, But I, I knew Ray Perkins very well, knew his family, know his family, and uh, – you know, uh, rest in peace. And he, he and I wore the same number. Uh, oh, wow. We were both 88 uh, at Alabama. Yeah, I, I played for Coach Perkins at uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so that means you played with Kurt Jarvis, one of my good buddies. Oh, my God. That's, my, that's one of my buddies. I'm, I'm, I don't tell many people that I know Kurt Jarvis. but, but He turned I, out to be a pilot. Yeah, he flies for Delta. I always, I always check that. There he is. I always check the the cockpit when I get on a Delta and make sure it's not Kurt uh, uh, flying us. So that's right. Yeah, he was a teammate of mine, and Sylvester Croom was also on that coaching staff. And we had uh, Bobo on that staff. We had all them dudes, man. About, I mean, how, they, about, how about Jeff Davis? Was he on the team? Oh yeah, those. Hey, hey coach, I'm sitting in the back. I'm sitting in the back, and here's Coach Perkins. He goes, he goes, Silio. You ain't on scholarship anymore, son. You don't want to know what a big game is. You think that Florida State Miami game's big? And I go, yeah, coach. It is a pretty big. Back then, it was at least. <laughs> and he goes like this: Auburn, Alabama, son. People put houses and wives up for that thing. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't lying. He ain't lying. Hey, coach. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Good luck to you this year, except for the Miami game. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. I, I, I like your optimism because they're not on the schedule, so we have to leave the schedule. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. All right. All the best. See you. You got it. That is our friend there. Now, Dabo Sweeney will take a brief time out and keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. 
The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Ancilio, National Football Show. What a great conversation with... Dabo Sweeney we just had. Doesn't like college football's expansion. Uh, we talked a little bit about the nil rule and paying college players. Look, I'm for it too, but boy, man, the, there's no guardrails on this thing here. And I'm just wondering on distractions for players when they've got to be focused on trying to winning football games. Look, money comes. You know, what's happening, though, now with this new um, nil rule is that the money's coming first before you even step on the field. You know, I mean, nothing's earned here. Like I was talking about uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback of Alabama here. This guy's got a million dollars already in endorsement deals, just being the quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and he hasn't even played a down this year yet. So you're like, okay. How much is that going to be a distraction when you have a season coming up, especially when you're playing for a guy like Nick Saban? You know, there were conversations, by the way, you know, back in the day before Nick got that job and he was at um, and he was at the Miami Dolphins, Dabble Swinney was offered the Alabama job because of his ties. You know who else was offered the job back in the day? When he was at the height of his career, that was Coach Bowden. Coach Bowden was offered the Alabama job, and he turned it down to stay at Florida State. Now, you got to remember something. There has been a gap. Now, I think Stallings won a national championship, if I'm not mistaken. I think Coach Stallings won a national title. But outside of that year, there's been really like, you know, there were, there was a gap before you got to Saban. And – Mike Shula had driven the, the program completely into the toilet. And Dabo's name had been brought up because, you know, like he said, he spent 13 years at Alabama. And his name 
was prominently brought up. I think Jimbo Fisher's name, too, if I'm not mistaken, was being brought up to potentially go in there and take that Bama gig. So I think Bo Pelini's name may have been in that conversation, too. So, I mean, yeah, uh, he turned that job down because he knew he was building something special at Clemson. By the way, I just got a really great text from Dabo. said he really enjoyed it. And I was just talking to my boy, Krause. He said, anytime you need me, let me know. He'll come on the program. So um, we have now a friend in the program now, the head football coach at Clemson. That is Dabo Sweeney. I really love his program. And it really is one of the best environments I've ever been to. You know, freshman year, I roll into that place, man, and it was loud. And they and now they've expanded that thing. I think they got like 90,000 fans. I think they had 75,000 fans. This was back in the 80s when I rolled in there. And Danny Ford had won a national championship, I think, three years uh, earlier when I showed up. But they had uh, William the Refrigerator Perry was on those teams, man. They were really a really great football team. And to see what Dabble Sweeney has done with that team, that team's going to be right there again in the mix going to a semifinal. And we'll see what he does as he goes on his journey for the 2021 season. Like I said, I wish him a lot of luck, except in a Miami game. And he's like, well, we're not on the schedule, so I love your optimism. That's right. That'd be in the ACC championship game, having UM take on Clemson. Clemson's a hell of a program, too, and they got a lot of young freshmen. And like he said, the silver lining in that thing uh, potentially is the fact that uh, a lot of the players came back because they were given that and granted that extra year by the NCAA. All right, I want to get back on track again. We'll take a brief timeout and keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Hey, 